live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features there are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, freetalklive.com. So, Mark, have you heard about the other war in Iraq? Um... No, I'm just familiar with one that the United States is fighting. Well, they're apparently... If, if it's even a war, it's not. Well, there's also a, another non-war going on, but it's uh, it's one that doesn't get too much coverage, apparently. And I sort of knew, I was sort of aware that this sort of thing was going on, but never really knew any statistics about it or knew much about what it meant, how uh, extensive it was, that sort of thing. I'm talking about the private war. That's going on in Iraq. The one that's being waged by the private security companies. Blackwater and the, the Blackwater sex. and those guys, right? So when you look at the uh, the like the casualty numbers mm-hmm. that the Pentagon puts out, that's only for the the U.S. military, right? It's right? not mentioning any of the contractors that we've hired. So we don't know how many contractors have been killed. We don't know how many people the contractors have killed. Right. I mean, it's like a black. It's almost like a completely undercover black war. Almost. We did see that video that uh, re- was released uh, of some Blackwater people torturing uh, some kids with bottles of water. Is that right? Do you remember I that? I think that was U.S. military. Oh, I thought. I think there was some video. Uh, some of the video. Oh, the Blackwater was. Um, what, they were just like randomly shooting at people while driving by. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the video we watched was of them driving down the street and just unloading with like a 50 cal from the back of a truck or something like that. I don't I don't know what they were shooting, but yeah, they could have been shooting at nothing. Right. We just they, you know, somebody claimed they were shooting at people and one would wonder why they were just unloading weapons. But want to talk about this uh here in a moment uh, from the Washington Post, but we've got calls rolling in so we're going to go to the phones first and talk to Jim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey Jim. Hey, actually that's Tim, but that's all right. Sorry about that, Tim. What's on your mind? Um well, I wanted to talk about street lights. Streetlights, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I live in Illinois, and we had a couple of really bad storms roll through uh, today during the day. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. And on my drive home from work, uh, actually, I'm still on my drive home from work, but on my drive home from work, I drive through a uh, pretty decent-sized town. It's probably a town of, I would I would guess, maybe ten or 20,000. Okay. All right. And on this street, the main street, um, all of the stoplights were out. Unusual. So this is about stoplights or this is about streetlights? I'm a little confused here. Well, streetlights. Streetlights, they, well, they, the lights well, that no, light no, up no, the street. Not street lights that light up the street, but the stoplights. Stoplights stop lights. that make you stop and go. Got gotcha. it. Gotcha. Traffic okay. control devices, electric. Sorry about go ahead. that. All right. Anyway, so there were no cops to be found anywhere, and everyone was obeying the stop, the four way stops, the two way stops. Letting people turn. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Amazing? Wait, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, clarify the situation here. In, in some cases, when stoplights go on the fritz, they go to either uh, flashing yellow or flashing red. You had nothing at all, no light nothing whatsoever. Nothing at all. No light. No, none of the flip down stop signs on the lights, and no cops. So people were being careful on their own, is what you're right. saying. Right. Uh, they would come to an exactly. intersection where the, where the light was completely out. It was black. And they would right. come to a f- stop, like a four-way stop, They would proceed right. with caution. Yeah, you would, yeah. Either that or get mashed, one would assume. Right. You know, this right. sort of happened during uh, Hurricane... Whatever. Oh, one of those. Um, in uh, They happened so, happened so often during that one year in Sarasota um, that, uh-huh. I think it was Ivan, perhaps, that uh, knocked out Charlie, maybe. Whatever. Knocked out, knocked out all the lights in uh, Sarasota, and uh, the same thing happened, but it went on for days, and mm-hmm. at some point it began to break down. 
people stopped uh, necessarily stopping doing the four because it was such a pain to you know long lines of traffic were doing the the stop and go thing at a four way mm-hmm. stop. Otherwise, you know, if four-way stops worked, people would, uh, you know, they'd, they'd be at all the large intersections. And people were just getting frustrated with the idea of coming to a stop every um, car length. Yeah. So they were just like, screw this, I'm going through. And so it, it nobody, there were no wrecks, fortunately. But uh, right. somehow, I don't think anyone running a private street would just let it all out, you know, would just let people make those decisions on their own. I think that there's some I think there's some value to uh, to traffic control devices to some extent. But you're saying that even in the absence of them, uh people can use their common sense, right Jim? That's Jim, exactly rather? what I was saying is that uh you know people were thinking for themselves and not having uh yeah. the cops do it for them and wave them. Very good. So, I just Th- thought that was pretty interesting. Thanks for the story. We appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Eric in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Eric, what's on your mind? Hi guys. You said before that you don't believe in democracy because it's like two wolves and a sheep uh, deciding what to have for dinner. Well, let me point of clarification. I don't believe in uh, democracy on a like nationwide basis. I believe that if you want to get into, say, the Elks Club and they're going to have a, a vote on something, then democracy is perfectly acceptable as long as you've consented into the democratic system and as long as you're free to remove your consent at some point, um, then I think that that's, that's okay. I'm fine with democracy as long as it fits within the Constitution of the United States. Um, okay, you know, yeah. dif- different than EN is. Um, yes, but yeah, I tend to agree with Mark I don't then. think that one can uh, democratically remove the rights that are granted to me, um, not granted to me, but that, that are outlined inside the Bill of Rights. This Those rights actually, are mine uh, whether democracy goes, uh, you know, or d- whether democracy is in play or not. This is what my question is about, actually, and I suppose it's the EN in this case. Uh, let's say I was in a community that was uh, a very rural community, and it was a community of 100 people. Okay. I'm the only black man, and the rest are 99 racist white people. Uh, if we Why are you still no, there? <laughs> if we have nothing that defends the rights, like no Bill of Rights, you know, no one to enforce our rights, mm-hmm. then couldn't they just exclude me from all the jobs and all their stores? And yes, which, I, again, I would ask why you would still be in that community. I mean, that's not well, even I mean, a realistic let's situation. That, let's say that that's... that's that's where my parents lived. That's where my grandparents lived, and I want to stay there. But if well, I you're no a damn fool, and you get what life. you deserve. Huh? You're a nut. <laughs> you're a nut job, and you'll get what you deserve in that particular case. People should be free to ostracize those that, that uh, for whatever reason. I mean, they might not like the color of your hair. They might not like the uh, the way you smell. They may not like you because you're a man. I don't Isn't care what their reasons are. They should be able to withhold business. They should be able to withhold services. Um, that should be their prerogative, don't you think? Is that not forced, though? I mean, don't I have the right to live wherever I choose? You don't have the right to force um, yourself on other people's private property. No, no, I'm not forcing myself anywhere. It's just like if, if everyone excludes me from their businesses, from uh, from their stores, mm-hmm. from their jobs, then I have been democratically voted out of the community. You've been excluded, you've been ostracized, and that's that's completely legitimate. There was there was no actual vote taken. It was each individual making the decision to not do business with you. I think those people would be lousy people, and I would say, you know, get a Greyhound ticket or uh, hit the road and get the hell out of there. I'd have a- to agree with my crazy friend here that, uh, in fact, you know, if you, for whatever reason, you are a black man living in a community of 99 white people. Racist white people. Racist white people that uh, decide that they don't want to do business with you, that that's their uh, they get to decide that. They yeah. can decide who they want to do business with. I feel like they should be able to decide that. I think that they're wrong, and I think that uh, you'll be happier if you move elsewhere, and you know, you'll know you probably be able to get some food and stuff. Right. But you can still, on your own land, you can still do like they did back 150 years ago. You can grow your own food. You can have your own chickens. You can You can live in that community if you so choose, but... You're a bit of a sadomasochist, though. Effectively, you have been voted out of the community. Yeah. 
right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, man. 800-259-9231. And that's, you know, if you leave it to the marketplace, there's certainly a possibility that communities like that would exist. And that's okay. I don't know. Um, When you start thinking about it... Imagine for a second you've got a few stores in town, and the mm-hmm. the one store that's not doing quite as well as the other stores, as far as let's call it a gen- them general stores, let's just make it very easy. Yeah. There's three general stores in town, or two general stores. The one that's not doing as well is a little more likely to take uh, the gentleman's the black gentleman's money. Oh, oh that's there's no doubt about it. The you're you're has, saying that even in, you're saying that even in that weird situation that there would still be market pressures um, in play. But however, Mark, the one gentleman that might feel so desperate as to take the uh, the excluded person's business would also maybe suffer even more if word got out that he was taking that guy's business. So what I was saying though was that in a free market, it's possible that such exclusive style communities would exist. I mean, you have gated communities where only the rich right. can live today. Um, the the white supremacists, I think they should get together and have their own little plot of land. It would make them very happy to keep them the hell out of our hair and let let the black supremacists go and have their own little uh, you know town and let the you know whoever uh, Hispanic supremacists, if there are such a thing, I'm sure there are. Um, let let everybody move to where they want to move and where they feel most comfortable. I'll, I'll accept anybody in my community as long as they love liberty. That's fine. As long as, as, long as they won't they force their way on me. Want to spend money? That's fine too. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and that's not force at all. It's just ostracism. If I don't want to allow you onto my property, that's not force being used on you. You were trying to step onto my property, and I said no. So if you step onto my property, then you're violating my property rights at that point. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You respect my property rights. I respect yours. We'll all get along. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And all the features on the site are totally free. That does include the bulletin board system. We've got about about 250,000 posts and over 1,500 people interacting. Serious issues and fun stuff. You will find it all. All for free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening right now, going all the way through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. It is not too late. I don't think it's too late to register at this point uh, at porkfest.com. But you can certainly go to porkfest.com and show up even if you haven't registered. It's never too late uh, to get involved in Porkfest. We're going to be there on Saturday, going to be broadcasting live, and I uh, hope to see a lot of you out there. Porkfest.com for all the details, location, and all of that other good stuff. 1-800-259-9231. Let's roll back into the calls to Eric in Vancouver. You're on Free Talk Live. Eric, hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, it's on your good, mind. sir. Um, well, I was kind of thinking about after I graduate, uh, get my undergraduate degree, I probably will go to America and uh, New Hampshire. Seeing I think you're already in a- America. <laughs> you mean the United States of America. Uh, okay, I-, I didn't get that joke. but Well, I mean, th- you're in North America in oh, Canada, oh, oh. so technically you're in America and so is Mexico. But anyway, just oh, to... Oh, I thought you were trying to somehow suggest that America no. controls... Canadian, no, no. Well, they, they do control Canada to some extent uh, with the whole drug war thing, but I was just nitpicking. Go ahead. You're, you're coming okay, to sorry, America. Yeah, okay. So I was wondering about New Hampshire, and I just have a couple of questions about sure. it, if you could describe it to me since you are there. 
I was wondering about three main things, and that's uh, what's the cost of living like there, what is the job situation there, and what type of health care would you have? Great questions. Uh, let's see. The first one was uh, cost what of living. cost of living depends on where you live. Uh, there are areas that are very rural here in New Hampshire. And They're cheap. And it's darn cheap. You know, if you want to live up, uh, I mean, houses in Berlin, for instance, uh, up in the northern part of the state are just, I mean, so cheap. People, people are, want to get out of there real bad. Yeah, people are leaving, so it's like fire sale on houses up there. As far as rent is concerned, again, if you're living in rural areas, it's not going to be very much. If you're living here in Keene or other urbanized areas, it's going to be a little bit more. So, For um, instance, uh, you know, I've seen... Two bedroom, one baths for six hundred and twenty five American here, and I've seen uh, three bedroom, one baths for as high as nine hundred. Mine next door here is nine fifty for a three one. So I mean, it, the prices vary. Um, a good good way to look into that would be at nhfree.com, get in the forums there, or poke around maybe at uh, mlspulse.com. That's a great real estate site. But the, it's it's a wide variety of uh, different options. And of course, there's even more affordable ways to live in New Hampshire. For instance, if you find a, a Freedom, a free state project member friendly household. There's one in, there's like this rooming house in Manchester, for instance, where there's several porcupines, as they're called, free state project movers, that are all living in the same house together. So as you might imagine, if you're going in together with somebody else, then obviously you'd be able to, to save quite a bit of money. Uh, let's see, what was the second question? Jobs? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, New Hampshire is the best, I think it's probably the best economy of all of the northeastern uh, states in And it's uh, number one for tech jobs in the northeast. Um, so right, a lot of tech jobs in Concord and, uh, and not Concord, rather, Ma- Manchester and Nashua. There's a lot of IT action out there. I can't imagine somebody being here in Keene and not um, being able to get a job. I don't know if they'll be able to get a job in, necessarily in the field they're looking for with the pay they're looking for. Yeah, if you want to be picky, then obviously it's if you're picky about jobs, then it's you know difficult to get a job anywhere. But if you're if you're willing to take anything, then there's plenty of uh, jobs available all over the place. And the final question was healthcare. Yeah. Well, um, I thankfully haven't had to have much health care done to me uh, while I've been We've here. We've got great but, hospitals. <laughs> but, hey, it's America. You know, the deal with, uh, with health care here is it's mostly socialized, but not all the way. And so, you know, you can still purchase your own private care. And I think you can still purchase private care in Canada. It's just more expensive than it is here. Oh, um, oh no, no, no. Well, uh, only if the government lets you. Uh, really? For things like dental care. But if the government provides the service, it's a crime. Really? Really? I thought there was some sort of really high upper echelon private care providers that just didn't take any government money and it cost thousands upon thousands and lots and lots of money, but that's, that's illegal up there? Oh, we have the only, along with North Korea and Cuba, wow. uh, the only Marxist healthcare system in the world for what wow. the government provides. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, here in America, you don't have to wait um, in the absurd lines that you have to wait up there in, in Canada. Um, and there are things called health insurance plans that you can purchase for yourself in the event that something catastrophic happens or something awful happens to you. Then uh, hopefully the insurance will pick it up, and there's a variety of options for that. Hope that helps. Anything else? Uh, well, yeah, just to tell you a bit about Canadian health care because the subject was brought up. The average wait, like if you take all the uh, the waiting times and you average it out, it's about eight weeks Yikes! in Canada. So. I haven't had to use the health care system yet, so I'm, I'm thankful. But well, you sound I mean, young. Yeah, how much would like healthcare cost in America? Depends. I don't. I don't know. It, it, it's basically on an as-need basis. If you don't have insurance, if you do have insurance, then uh, 
It depends on your age and your young people don't cost habits. as much. Yeah, it's much less. You can get it less for less than a hundred dollars a month. Um, if you're a single male under the age of 25, your health care is going to be a lot lower. Of course, your um, ins- car insurance is going to be a lot higher, simply because of your age. But even that, I mean, here in uh, in New Hampshire, um, I save $200 a year by moving from Florida to New Hampshire on I think car I save insurance. More. So it's uh, you know there's there's definitely some some things here in New Hampshire that cost less. I mean beyond just the 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 rent, um, certain things cost a little bit less here. I mean li- little things like ice cream. Ice cream is so damn cheap in New Hampshire, it's uh, shocking to me. You can get a they don't need freezers. You can get a half gallon of ice cream for in some cases less than two bucks, and it's good quality stuff. Anyway, there you go. I hope that helped, man, and uh, good yeah. luck with your move. Thanks for the call. Thanks, bye. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. A lot of good a lot of good questions. Um, I think. A few of those questions, a lot of people want to know about. They want to know about jobs. You mm-hmm. know, they want to know uh, what's going on here in New Hampshire as far as the living conditions are concerned. And again, there's just a huge variety. Huge we may not be the, the single choices. best people to ask all these questions to because, well, we had jobs when we arrived. True. We brought our job with us. Yeah. Um. You know, you had bought a house before you moved, and you know, I looked around for a long time and found a, a you know an apartment or a house that was uh, cheap to rent. So you know, it took a you know, it's not like. Uh, I, I had to show up and have a place to live that night. I think, though, um, that there's so there's so many cool things that are available here in New Hampshire because of the free staters that have moved in. Like I mentioned, that sort of rooming house in, in mm-hmm. Manchester where um, a number of free staters are living. There's sort of there are these locations that are starting points, basically. You, can, yeah. you don't have to have a whole lot of money saved up, just enough to make the move and make yourself comfortable for a little while. You can start at one of these sort of boarding houses, if you will, sure. and then use that as your base of operations to explore the city and find different uh, options, meet people, maybe get together with some potential roommates and move out into a different house. I mean, so there's so many different choices. And of course... Um, there are job postings at freestateproject.org on the, the forum there. There are job postings at nhfree.com on the forum there as well. They so. can't be the uh, end-all, be-all of the jobs because there's just so many jobs. If you look in the job section of the newspaper here, and I generally just kind of page through to see because it's always interesting, you know, in this town of 30,000 people, there's a whole bunch of jobs, full yeah. page. You know what really bugs me? When people claim, oh, I can't find a job. Well, we don't know what it's what like all around about? the United States. but Yeah, but... Where I've been, there's always man. been jobs. And and you look at the front page of the the shopper here in this area. They're they're looking for a subway manager, and it even says in the ad that experience is helpful. Yeah, we'll but train. If you walk in off the street and you have zero experience, we'll look at you seriously. <laughs> They'll take you. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is there. We've got dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Christina is our newest Shriner. You can see her and all the others at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z. 
org. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to, it is Daryl in Texas. Come on, talk live. Whoa, Daryl, you okay there? Over. Yeah, yeah. All Just right. hung the phone on the on the cabinet there. I, I um, heard you talking about health care, and I wanted to relate a story I had. I live in Texas, of course, but I had a friend, a next-door neighbor that was from Canada, and he was a nurse. Mm. I, I happen to be a pharmacist. Um, but uh, he was talking about the time that his father, uh, and they're from Canada, his father had uh, fallen off of his tractor and dislocated his thumb um, and, and sort of hurt his shoulder. Yeah. And they went into the clinic, and what they did was put his thumb in hot water. Uh, the reason they did that was they popped the thumb back in the socket with no anesthetic. Oh, my God. Yikes. Um, now, what he said, you know, he made a good point. He said, I wouldn't do that to my dog, <laughs> but they did it there, and it's considered the standard of care. Now, hey, that that brings up an interesting question. Is veterinary care uh, socialized in Canada? I would imagine not. But um, I would imagine not, which means that dogs actually get better care and the, probably the faster sad thing is, care. Is, yeah, you know, according to the last caller, it's illegal to uh, to, to get care elsewhere. Oh, I'm, and I'm this glad is the you care mentioned you get. that because that's what made me call in. Um, this same person was telling me at a later date that his father had been diagnosed with cancer. Well, you get diagnosed and then you go on a waiting list. It's yep. illegal to pay for care, so what a lot of people do is what anybody would do. I mean, you, you've got you've diagnosed with cancer. You want treatment now. Right. They cross the border and come in the United States and pay for it. Now, yeah. is that illegal too? No. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it's not illegal to leave the country and get medical care in another country. Right. I would I would assume that it's not illegal in Canada. Yeah. It's amazing though, and, and there are a lot of Canadians who, of course, in their government education system, have been brought up to believe that their their medical system is the best in the world, and they will parrot that from the rooftops. And then they discover that oh, you don't have to wait in other parts of the world, huh? Maybe it's not so great after all. Yeah, this uh, person that I knew was he was here working as a nurse in uh, Canada, and. Uh, you know, I just some of the stories. You know, they have a sixty percent. From what I understand, it's close to sixty percent, if not over sixty percent, income tax. Um, yeah, it's insanity. And a lot of people, you know, talk about how good of a reimbursement rate there is when you work with the government. And you know, they have a lot of studies they cite from Canada on a healthcare model for for many things, um, economic models, and, and so forth. And you know, you got to stop and realize every dollar you make. You're giving 60 cents back. Daryl, thank you for the call. We appreciate yeah. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Come to Canada, where our health care is better than North Korea's. <laughs> I think they probably got it a little bit better than North Korea, but that might be about it. I don't know. I, you know, you hear these stories, and it sounds nice to not have to pay for uh, medical care, but I know the kind of care that you're going to get if you don't have to pay for something. It's crap. They don't care. They don't have an interest in... in giving a damn about your health care. I mean, you go to a, a hospital here in America, and it's bad. It's worse in Canada. And the reason why it's bad in America is because there's so much government money in the system. Uh, last time I looked, and this was in the late 90s, so I'm sure the number's higher by now, but the last time I looked at the numbers, it was over 50% of every dollar in health care is spent by a government in America. So that means that the government, that the health care system in America is mostly socialist. Right, they're not. Um, you know, that means the the marketplace in healthcare is not working because 
people aren't making choices with their dollars. It's like working, just be. not very well. It's not a free market in healthcare as it should be. And if it were a free market in healthcare, instead of constantly rising costs, we'd see costs dropping. We'd see care improving. We'd see customer service being uh, a huge factor. Now when you go into a hospital, you feel like people don't really care that much. It's difficult to find nurses and doctors that actually pretend like they give a damn. They're out there, but they're, they're mixed in with a bunch of employees that just they just seem lazy and like they just don't care. Mm-hmm. That's the impression that I've gotten from my few experiences there and uh, some friends of mine that have had, had awful experiences, but it's worse in Canada. Because then in Canada, there's absolutely no accountability. It's all the government system there. And that's where some people want this country to go. You've got that Michael Moore movie coming out, right? The sicko movie? Right. Which I have not seen, but if you know Michael Moore, you know what he position he's going to take. He's going to take universal health care. As, as, uh, he's going to be using that movie to push that concept. And he's going to make it sound like it's the most, well, you wouldn't have to pay. He's going to talk about how expensive health care is in America and how you shouldn't have to pay for it and blah, blah, blah. I don't understand how um, people that push universal health care can even imagine. You know, when you see when you see how the government does things, from public housing to uh, public transportation to, you know, anything the government runs, they do it very, very badly. Let's go to the phones and talk to Troy in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Troy. Hey there, guys. What's on your mind? Um, yeah, health care and, uh, first of all, how it relates to Ron Paul. I think I think if the uh, the war is... The war, um, anti, his anti-war position is where he can beat the Republicans. While I think healthcare is where he has the most credibility to beat the Democrats. I think he can whip their butts on that. And well, he is a doctor, and they're politicians. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. would help. Yeah, I think it will. Hey, and, you're in uh, Canada. What about uh, what about veterinary clinics? Are those private in Canada? Uh, yeah, that's are private. And I think that the first caller um, uh, talking about how there's not private. Clinics. I think there is some set up now, hmm. some private clinics. That yes, you're, you're right about that. Some uh, you can go in. But I bet they're out. outrageously expensive. Well, yeah, maybe so. I'm not. I'm not uh, near a big city, so I don't. Right. I don't participate in that. But I tell you one thing. Uh, any experiences? Anything goes wrong medically in the family? We get in the car, drive down to the Mayo, Clin- Mayo Clinic, get it done. Because in Canada, they will screw <laughs> so you up. So every time <laughs> your family gets sick, you go to the United States. Not not every time, but yeah, anything major like when my mom had uh, colon cancer, they just yeah. Are dentists uh, a government thing in Canada? Mm, um, I th- I think you can. I I don't think so at all. No, it's it's all privatized. But I think there's some sort of program that for kids. Or well, something. yeah, not, there's usually sure, some government program that people yeah. can get involved <laughs> in. But thank goodness yeah. you've got at least dental care that's on a private basis. I mean, over in uh, Great Britain, they don't have they've. I guess they do have a few private dentists, but they've got a totally socialized uh, dental care system, and people pull their own teeth out with pliers um, in in Great Britain. I mean, because it's just so messed up. That's just awesome. And yet people can. But isn't it the isn't it the case that Canada worships its own health care system? Don't they teach you in uh, government schools up there that it's the best and the greatest? Oh yeah, it's yeah. There was a guy that is he's been kind of accredited for uh, coming up with it. Uh, Tommy Douglas. He's from my home province of Saskatchewan in the 1930s. He was actually, uh, well, the the party, he was one of the guys that founded, he was actually, the CCF, it was an actual communist party, mm-hmm. that later became the NDP, the New Democratic Party, but but anyway, um, he was, uh, created health care, and, and he was like, I think he was voted, you know, greatest Canadian in that, in that, uh, Yay. But, so yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but, but, uh, free, uh. but, uh, free health care, 
in, in the election, of course, you guys all know this already. Uh, all the listeners know this too. But uh, free health care is never free. Your services will go down. Your taxes will go up. And, yeah, it's, that's the way it goes. Anytime the government's involved in something, it's going to be the service is going to be crappy, and it's going to cost three times as much. Yep. Why? Because there's yep. no competition. Nope. No innovation either. Troy, thanks for the call. Appreciate yeah, no hearing from you. Even if there is competition, um, you're forced to pay for whatever government service, like in the case of uh, schools, for instance. Yeah. You're forced to pay for the public school while you send your kids to private school. Is that fair? It's disgusting. You're forced to pay for everybody's health care, no matter how lousily they take care of themselves. And I like how you all you usually point this out, Mark, and that is when the government promises to take care of all your health care, then that just makes it so all the citizens. They can just do whatever they want to their bodies. Who cares? At least they're incentivized um, to do whatever they want with their bodies. And, you know, if I eat, smoke eat steak and die. smoke cigarettes and, and do whatever I want to do, I'm not responsible for getting the operation. Right. It doesn't come out of your pocket, or at least that's what the perception is when, in fact, it does. And if everybody has that sort of attitude about their health, like, oh, whatever, the government will take care of me, well, then that even adds to the cost, which, of course, then allows the government to get a foot in the door by saying, oh, well, now we're going to control what you can put in your body. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features there are totally free. And if you'd like to show you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go and vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. And all you need is an email address. You won't be spammed. It won't be sold. Just uh, punch it in, and they'll send you a verification email. You click the link in there, and you're done. It's very quick. Mm-hmm. Vote.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us because it helps keep us at the top of the charts, which is where we are right now, but we could still use your votes. By 23 uh, stinking points. Right, to ensure that we stay there. Well, votes, I should say. Vote.freetalklive.com, and also uh, go to dig.freetalklive.com if you want to help us out in a uh, an alternative fashion. All right, so... to the phones, to the fun. Matt in Illinois, you're on the Amplifier line. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind, Matt? Uh, There's still going to be some storms coming through Illinois tonight. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I have a little story about some pornography activism that's going on up here. All right. Do tell. Where I live, uh, there's a store, a family video store, and apparently they're uh, renting out Pornographic videos, Good which heads. I was unaware that they were uh, renting out pornographic videos until I saw a bunch of people out by the street holding signs that said, uh, <laughs> not in my town, no, say no oh, to pornography. Geez. Okay. And, and that's all right. If they want to protest against that, that's, you know, it's free speech, and I want to have free speech, so I allow them to have free speech. Right. One of them had a sign, though, that was quite interesting. It said... Pornography dehumanizes women. And I want to know why pornography dehumanizes women, but it doesn't dehumanize men. Yeah, that's a great question. I've never heard that one asked before. What do you think? What do I think? I I want an answer. I think that there's two people, or, well, maybe more, maybe less, I don't know, but, you know, they're doing a natural function. Right. And it's a human function. To me, it's uh, more human than just about anything else we can do. Good point. Um, and yet somehow it's dehumanizing to the woman, but not to the man. Yeah, that seems uh, a bit insulting to women, doesn't it? 
Yes, that's that's how I feel. I feel like that's sort of based from this sort of puritanical uh, idea that women are somehow inferior to men. This sort of um, I don't know, puritanical is the right uh, the right word. Uh, what's the word for? Oh gosh, <sighs> starts with a P. There's a word that I want that starts with a P. Has to do with paternalistic. Okay. That's the exact word I was looking for. Sort of paternalistic mentality uh, towards women, and uh, it's very insulting. I would like to hear what some ladies feel about that as well at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And I was kind of hoping or uh, thinking that maybe I should wait till Friday to get Julia's uh, uh, view on this, but. It's happening now, and I don't know what's going to be happening on Friday. Now, so. did you go into the store? Now, an interesting way to uh, to sort of fight these protesters might be to actually go into the store, and uh, as you're walking out with a porn DVD in your hands, uh, let the guys know that, hey, thanks for advertising this for, uh, for the store, because you hadn't known about it before they uh, stood out there with the signs. I was thinking about doing something <laughs> to that extent. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even going to go visit them at all. I don't even think about the video store. I, I have a um, cable TV, and if I want to watch a movie, they provide free movies. Right, and, right, right. Uh, I'm, usually when I, have, when I really want a movie, I buy it. I don't rent it. But, I, I think uh, that would be kind of interesting to you know throw it back in their faces. Hey, you know this is what your activism got you. It got the store a new customer. Thanks for the call, yeah. Matt. We appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What do you think, Mark, about that dehumanizing idea? I think that I think I understand what they're saying. They're saying that uh, men have a tendency to objectify women, which is that they want to uh, you know conquer them, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's certainly a more common uh, thought process in men than it is in women. Um, yes, but who really is doing the conquering when it comes to pornography? I mean, the women get paid the most. They of get the paid a great deal, porn. absolutely. But um, they're acting like they're being objectified. This is true. So you would have to believe what they're acting like rather than what they're getting. And, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of young women who probably have to dope themselves up in order to do it the first few times, I would imagine, when it comes to certain types of... Now, there's certainly porn stars out there that enjoy their work. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to make it seem like there isn't. But, well, there are drugs in the industry. I mean, there's different people you know, involved. It isn't a pretty industry by any stretch of the imagination. No, certainly and, not. But and there's there's porn out there for women, which is uh, I, I I'm not exactly sure, but it um, less objectifying. I would imagine it's less objectifying. Right. Now, what about now in the porn for women, which I don't know if I've ever seen any of it. I don't know that I have either. Um, I don't know. Do they adver- Does it make it very clear that it's porn for women? I have. I don't know what. I'm not sure what to expect out of that, but would that mean that they would objectify the men in that particular case? Would I that would de- doubt that's the case. Would that dehumanize the man in, in that particular it case? It would probably be more of the things that women like to see, like to have during sex necessarily going on, um, and you know, less of the uh, guys going around uh, having relationships with women. You know, it's probably yeah. not a lot of that. Very good. 800-259-9231 with your thoughts as we continue with the calls. It is Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Chris? Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Oh, my bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm just listening. You know, you know, it is true. Like, women, my buddy would say that women are completely messed up these days. And, messed uh, up? What do you mean? It's, it's a big, broad generalization there. Oh, man. I, yeah, and it's a broad problem because they're really that messed up. Okay. I don't know. It's like... What I've noticed is sometimes women run around with just like a, like they're not even in, in the real world. It's strange. Hmm. You know, yeah, like I'm they, not really understanding what you're saying. Can you give me an example? Well, they, uh, oh man, example. Um, 
Got a difficult position to defend, my yeah, friend. Yeah, because you're painting all women with the same brush. I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah. not well, really fair at all. There, there are the... I don't know. Okay, uh, let's say you take a really hot girl, for example. Okay, really hot girls. Gotcha. Yeah, now, put your... I mean, you guys, and I am a guy, but try to put yourself in their shoes. You know, they got these guys, like, falling all over them all the time. I think that uh, hot. I, I think that uh, particularly attractive women probably don't grow. Um, their personality doesn't grow in the same way that the rest of the uh, human race does. Well, they, I think they don't, oh the same, uh, yeah, they don't get turned down in the same way. Well, I think also in the, in the same. Well, with with a very attractive female, I think a lot of guys are under the impression that they're being fallen all over at all times. But I think there's also an intimidation factor uh, to be factored in. There's a lot of guys who since they believe the women are being attended to and fallen all over, and they believe that since she's so attractive, she must have a, a boyfriend, they actually end up being wrong, because a lot of guys think that way, so therefore, women like that, in, in many cases, don't get approached as much as you might think that they do. Oh, because man. of the intimidation factor. I, I disagree with <laughs> that position. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't sure know if it's that, crazy, sure I just think do. it's uh, naive. But go ahead. Well, anyway, I don't even, that wasn't even what I called. But, uh, what did you I, call? Do you guys think that voting is rigged? Depends. Man, I, I'm really on the fence on this particular one. Are you talking about for the presidency of the United States? Well, um, yeah, because that would be the most reasonable. I mean, why would you want to rig a vote for some dog catcher? Nobody, you know? right? I, I think that those uh, voting machines that they had out there, uh, those are very suspicious to me. Um, there was certainly some suspicious evidence that was introduced about The Libertarian them. Party was the one who filed suit uh, first on these machines, not the Democratic Party. I thought it was the Greens that did that. I, that was what I understood. I anyway, there have been be some very interesting, very um, illuminating evidence that has come out about the voting machines. In fact, Florida has now gone back to paper ballots. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for paper ballots. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that we didn't have rigged elections before paper ballots, but I think it's harder. There you well, go. Do you, hmm? do you think that you, I mean, don't you think that you could rig paper Sure. And in fact, I think it's kind of, uh, I, I think it's a little short-sighted to suggest that only the national election would be important enough to be rigged. There's a lot of graft to be uh, to be well, passed around at the local level, so there's certainly incentive to do it there, too. I mean, the congressman, I guess, would be sort of worthy, but... Um, and it would be easier to rig at a local level as opposed to a national oh, level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because nobody'd notice. Right. I mean, when, when it's a when it's a uh, city council person or something like that, and you've got a few hundred people voting in the election, right? Or in a few cares? precincts. Well, <laughs> honestly, that like the city council person, if they were to regular an election, there would probably be some little mistake, and it'd just get blown way out of proportion. <laughs> think but, I get like, caught? Oh yeah. I, that, if you really, if you think about it, the most reasonable thing would be for one of those guys to get caught. You know, like uh, well, I was, the, I've seen on the news about the guy who was like out drink. Uh, I don't know who he was, but. He was drinking and driving, and they they caught him. And like now, it's like a big, like a huge big deal just because this guy went drinking and driving. And I forget who he is, um, but he's some he's some uh, treasurer, I think, like around I think in, mm. in the Indianapolis area, I think. Well, there you go, Chris. Thanks but, for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Probably yeah. not enough to Google there, Treasurer Indianapolis. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> um, I think it's more. I think it's actually more likely that an election would be rigged at a local level. But then again, the only way to fight back against that is to have um, paper ballots and to have people there watching the counters. That's the only way you can really be sure that the election wasn't rigged if your people were there watching them count. 
goodness, who in the hell wants that job? <laughs> 800-259-9231. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, zero tolerance. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com as we roll right into the phone calls and go to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Hey, Sam, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. The last caller before the uh, hour ended was talking about voter fraud and asked a question, do you guys believe that exists? And I watched a great movie on this called, uh, I think it's Blackout America or America Blackout, Okay. on just this subject. Hmm. And I wanted to answer, kind of give my thoughts. I, sure. I don't think that it's that the government is blatant enough or brave enough to just outright fix an election uh, currently, but I do believe that they do some things to kind of sway an election one way and make sure that the cards are maybe stacked in their favor for their party. Okay, how's that? So one of the examples was with the actual voting machines themselves. In Florida during the uh, 04 presidential election, there was, for some reason, 28 or 32 voting machines got pulled from historically black uh, voting districts, which are going to be typically Democratic uh, voters mm-hmm. typically so what that does is create long lines with hundreds of people in the film they had mm. you know people backed up for a quarter mile off into the woods waiting to vote how many people are going to drive up see that line and say forget it. i'm out of yeah. here yeah, I'm, i've Good got point. an appointment whatever now I'd, I'd like to make an appoint uh, a point about the uh 2000 election in florida when they you know when they purged all the voter rolls do you remember that Okay, yes. They purged out all the ex, you know, the the, the convicts. Uh, that the was my next point. Yeah. What do you got, Mark? Well, I'm an ex-convict and I was in Florida. I got purged twice as a matter of fact. <laughs> because By I purged you were disallowed from voting, is that? That's correct. Okay. I was purged from the rolls in Manatee County and then I moved to Sarasota County and I went and registered again and got purged again. Um I voted, you know, since the purging, but only because I would register in a different county and they'd have to figure it out and go And is that the store. way it's supposed to work or are you supposed to be allowed to vote now that In Florida they have what I would consider um at, at the, if it's not unconstitutional, a very bad law that says that uh unless your rights have been restored and they automatically restore after 6 months anyone's right who is not a sex offender or a convicted killer. Uh-huh. Um, so those two people, they have to go through some process in order to get their rights restored. And because I was convicted of murder, I was one of those people that I won't automatically get my rights back. But I would have, in 2000, Ian got a telephone call from me. Isn't that correct? I called you just, do you recall? Well, it's been. <laughs> I don't know. I got, he, Ian got a telephone call talking me down from voting for the Republican. And I'm not sure whether or not I would have voted for George Bush for president over Harry Brown. I can't uh-huh. tell you because I didn't get the opportunity. But I think I might have voted Republican. <clears throat> and I certainly would have voted Republican in every other of the uh, um, you know, ba- on, issues on the ballot. Okay, so they now, voted. They, they purged a Republican. Now, one of the other things that they did, though, along those same lines, is I believe it was Texas and Ohio actually traded lists of convic- convicted felons. 
Okay, so they each, they each shipped each other their lists of convicted felons, and then they hired a company to do a somewhere between a 60 and 80% match on the name. Uh-huh. And, it, uh, you know, obviously most uh, people incarcerated are what, like middle-class white males? Um, no, they're lower-class black males. And their last names have a tendency to be that, things in the area of Smith. There's a lot Martinez. of Smiths. There's a lot of Washingtons. There's a lot Browns. of those. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this this pushed thousands and thousands of people off of the uh, voter rolls, just like you. Right, and those people don't know until the day of, and you can't register day of in many states. In New Hampshire, it's not an issue, but in many states, you can't register the day of. Exactly, and not only that, if they are denied, they're supposed to be allowed to do what I believe is called a provisional ballot, Mm -hmm. where their vote's counted, or they, they get to fill out a ballot, make their vote. And uh, then later they can figure out, is this a valid vote or not, mm. once the paperwork worked out. And they were just flat out refused to even be given a provisional ballot. Now, I can't speak to that because I was sent a piece of paper by the uh, county saying, your name's been purged from the voter rolls. So I never went to vote um, in those circumstances. Okay. Hmm. So so what you're saying is they do have a variety of ways to sort of manipulate the election without actually going in and screwing directly with uh, with the voting results. Right. And with the Electoral College system, uh, they know what states it's going to come down to. Mm. So they know where to focus their efforts. Right. And that's really, I think, what we've seen in the last presidential election. It's, it's kind of amazing, but they really do. They have this. They really have this down to a science and they Absolutely. know which states are going to be um, the pivotal states. They know which states just don't matter at all. Right. And they could care less whether they win or lose in that particular state or well, they, they know they're going to win or they know they're going to lose in that state. So they don't concentrate on it. But states like Ohio. Texas, yeah, Florida. Texas, I, I hardly see any political advertisements, but when I was in Pennsylvania for a week, every other commercial was some mm. politician up there. Mm. Right now, they're, uh, Mitt Romney is advertising very heavily here in New Hampshire. I don't know why that's relevant, but uh, <laughs> it's it, because this is a right now. This is the important state, as New Hampshire, um, you know, as New Hampshire picks the president. Yeah. you can show that uh, throughout time that New Hampshire's. It, if you win in New Hampshire, you're very like, and you win, and your party wins, you're very likely to be the president. Sam, thanks for the call. We appreciate the uh, the enlightenment, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you think that do you think that the big candidates are sweating, Ron Paul? Secretly behind the scenes, behind right the now. scenes, quietly. Now they're starting to, um, from what I could tell. Yeah, I, they, they've, I, they've, I, they've sent out the hit in the form of Giuliani in that debate, and that did not work. No. Uh, when's the next one? I think it's in early August, right? The next debate, I, I believe it's uh, the first week in August. Anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Oh, and since we're talking Ron Paul, I had meant to comment on his appearance. It was a week ago now on the uh, the Colbert Report. Oh yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about it last week. We didn't get to it, and I thought it was fantastic. I thought mm-hmm. he did a great job. Some people say that, and if you haven't seen it, you can go to YouTube and, and you can find it there. But some people say there was one one particular part where Stephen Colbert um, said, "All right, well, we're short on time, so I, what I want you to do is I'm going to read you a list of government bureaucracies, and I want you to raise your hand uh, or put your hand down if you um, want to keep it." Right, because everybody sort of knows that Ron Paul's this principled guy, and he wants to get rid of as much government as as he possibly can get away with. At least uh, you know, the, on the Colbert they report, they do. Right, and so Ron starts with his hands up, and he's you know naming off some government bureaucracies. And some people claim that that was kind of a trick. They claim that uh, they were trying to make him look like an awful guy by using by bringing up the Department of Education and and things like that, mm-hmm. like something that the, that the liberal audience might completely disagree with. 
But nonetheless, the uh, the, the audience response to they, that was... They cheered. Was, Especially, was it the UN where he put his hand way, way no, up? No, it was the IRS where he put the his IRS. hand way, way up. And I thought that was... He's such a cute little old man, isn't mm-hmm. he? And he's just so... He's got an innocence about him that you just don't sense with other politicians. And so he's just sort of, you know, playing along with uh, Stephen Colbert's game. And then yep. he raises his hand extra high during the IRS. The, and the asked, crowd loved that. Mm-hmm. Which is great. And then he asked about UNICEF, and he's like, he puts his hand right down low. He's like, I'd, I'd get rid of it, but it's not on the top of my list. It's by no means what I'm running for, well, just get rid of UNICEF. And he pointed out that he thought private charity could do it better. So he came up with a solution at the same time, mm-hmm. very briefly with that. So really, I don't think he could have handled it any better. He was uh, very affable, very, uh, it was a very lighthearted interview. And so you could tell Colbert, Colbert could have thrown it, you know, thrown oh, yeah. him to the wall, you know, with serious satire and, and make fun of him. Him, but he didn't. No. Uh, he held back. Even I think he even made a similar comment that John Stewart did in that he was fairly principled. I don't recall the exact words Colbert used, but uh, it was a pretty softball interview. And, and you've got to understand, a lot of people, a, a majority of people in uh, a certain age bracket, and I think that's like 25 to 44, get their news from The Daily Show. And The Colbert Report, right? And the, yeah, and The Colbert Report, which is essentially a spinoff. Um you know, so there's a lot of people watching this, and the, a lot of those people, since they're in those age bracket, are libertarians, so they have to appeal to that audience. They, they, they would be silly to just crucify Ron Paul right there. Well, and a lot of them, I think, would self-describe as liberals, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people watching that particular show. They would. And I thought it was really great how uh, how positive the re- the audience response was. And they couldn't have possibly all been Ron Paul supporters in the audience. But yet, nonetheless, there was a fairly large response, especially to him raising his hand extra high to the IRS. Right. If it was a liberal audience, you would think that they would sort of not be so excited about getting rid of the IRS. Well, there's a lot of people out there who would self-identify as liberals that don't like the IRS. No, 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 nobody true. really likes the IRS. You have to be a tried-and-true, dyed-in-the-wool socialist. Which, Your underpants have to be pink which in may order go to, to uh, show, like the IRS. It may go to show how Ron Paul's message is going to cut across the political spectrum and appeal to a wide variety of people, which is a good thing. 800-259-9231. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, by the way, completely free, so enjoy those on us. That does include the archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer, very little. But the Prometheus Institute, readpi.com, is looking to change that by implementing practical and innovative solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. uh, Visit readpi.com today. That's readpi, as in you're reading a book. Readpi. Somebody complained that it was hard to understand that URL. Well, um, I guess they could be... Read like a reed blowing in the wind, but why the heck would you Very do that? Very unlikely. I don't know. It's read as in reading a book. Readpi.com. I, I was just at uh, the Prometheus Institute's uh, site uh, today looking at uh, an article they had on, um, you know, returning Hawaii to more free market. And they have some solutions that uh, likely work within the system, things that make, make sense, because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hawaii's uh, expending a lot of resources and taking care of all the tourist trade, and they, they suggest that Hawaii become 
more uh, tech-oriented, and I think it's mm. a pretty good article. Anyway. Very cool. Oh, by the way, I'd like to rumor monger just a little bit here. I do like a good rumor. Uh, so you and I continued sort of to discuss Ron Paul off the air, mm-hmm. and I had, uh, I've had i added a couple of the Ron Paul-related blogs to my Google homepage, and so I noticed that one of them had a, a quick update that mentioned that, uh, I think it's ronpaulhq.com, mentioned that Ron Paul's apparently going to be in New Hampshire for, I think, the... The claim is for, let's see, he will be in town Friday and Saturday for press events, etc. And they're planning an airport rally for him. Hmm. Now, hmm, that just happens to dovetail with the two days, uh, the two most busy days at Porkfest, Friday and Saturday. You think? And a- he came to the, Lib- um, the, the Liberty Forum and got a huge kickoff for his campaign, although he didn't quite kick it off there. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think quite a bit of money. Um, quite a bit of money. And that's really what running – not that I have any problem with money. That's what the, running these – got to have about. money. I, uh, I'm sending a check out again, another check out for the Ron Paul campaign, simply because I'm so impressed with this guy, I can't believe it. There's, there's libertarian candidates out there um, and RLC candidates that I've supported, one-time contributions. Mm-hmm. I want this guy to win. Here's some money. Ron Paul, I want him to win, and it looks like he might, so I'm willing to give more and more. So it's trickling in from me. And so what you're suggesting is that maybe Ron knows there's a little little bit of fundraising opportunity here. If he shows up at Porkfest, the cash registers may ring. Yeah. It's they've rung before and they're likely to ring even better now because, like you say, he's built up a lot more momentum since the Liberty mm-hmm. Forum. That was all the way back in February. That was before any of the debates, before mm-hmm. any of the national coverage. It's very exciting seeing uh, him there. So I'm, I couldn't the believe among- I couldn't believe standing in front of a politician, a politician um, that's elected to a U.S. office, and hearing them say the things that I would have uh, I, I would have only expected to hear out of the mouth of a principled libertarian. You know, yeah. get rid of the IRS, return us. When's to a the gold last standard. time someone has said? said get rid of the IRS. Someone who's not a libertarian. It was so moving to hear that from first person and he's so affable. He wants to meet people. It it was great. So that's all just a bit of rumor mongering. It is not official. I have not heard anything from the organizers or anything like that. I just spotted something during the break. Thought I'd share it with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe give you an extra reason to come up to Porkfest. Let's go to the phones and talk to Andy in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Andy. Hey, uh, speaking of Ron Paul rumor mongering, have you heard the uh, rumors going around that he's his fundraising has jumped incredibly up to around five million dollars? I've heard those rumors. I, I don't know how accurate they are, but that would be nice. I'd, yeah, it'd be nice. The uh, second quarter, you know, they have to release all their stuff to the FEC, mm-hmm. and the uh, second quarter stuff comes out here at the end of the month. Guess so, I guess we'll know soon enough then. Soon enough. Uh, Anything else on your mind? No, that's pretty much it. Thanks, Andy. Great. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's I go to really hope that's true because the money means the win. Let's go to Ken in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Ken, what's on your mind? What's up, guys? What's going on? Actually, uh, as far as rumor mongering, I actually wanted to give a little, little fact over fiction here real quick. Uh, he's about to be on uh, Chris Matthews' Hardball tomorrow, which just so happens to be my birthday. I guess they're taping it at uh, 3.30 p.m., but uh, I believe it comes on, you know, somewhere at 7 to, 7 to 9 p.m. on uh, MSNBC, but... You can go to the ronpaulforums.com and check that out. But uh, I noticed you were talking about the whole Colbert report. You were wondering whether it was uh, a positive or a negative interview. But uh, I thought it was positive. I just I was saying that some people suggested that that was sort of a, a negative tactic, but I didn't see it that way. I thought it came off very well. Yeah, originally I thought it was kind of on the, on the negative side, but then I, I kind of thought about it for a while, and I, I was talking to a bunch of people on the, on the forums here, and then... Uh, 
it seemed to me, you know, that, you know, being the Colbert is kind of a goofball, you know, himself, that uh, he's not exactly the most, I mean, other than the fact he makes jokes about politics, he's not seriously political. And the fact of the matter is he gave Ron Paul, you know, a time to, you know, pretty much differentiate himself between the other candidates. Yeah, you know? he really I, did. I think that was a, that was a good thing, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, he managed to come off as uh, he asked some decent questions, and some of them was a little, some of them were a little tongue in cheek. Uh, but he didn't come off as fawning all over Ron Paul. But at the same time, he could have absolutely given him a hard time, and he didn't. Um, you know, he could have played it. I think he's supposed to be like Bill O'Reilly on that show, right? He's supposed to sort of be one of the right wing sort of ideologue hosts. I don't know what I see there, but I know it's funny. That's for, from what I am told. From what I understand, that's his shtick. He's supposed to. He's the whole deal is supposed to make fun of people like Bill O'Reilly. He does a great job. And it doesn't even it doesn't seem very realistic that he's um being a very good O'Reilly, but then that's sort of the shtick he takes. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that, you know, he could have really gone off on Ron Paul, but he didn't. He totally softballed him, and uh, what could have been better? His audience uh, obviously was uh, responsive and positive and who knows, maybe he'll have him back. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, one more thing, we had a our meetup group down here in the southwest uh, you know, Michigan like the Dearborn, Detroit area. Mm-hmm. We got a, quite a crew here, and uh, we uh, we had did a little uh, a festival down here in Belleville, Michigan, the Strawberry Festival, and uh, we had our you know all our signs out there, the whole line. Yeah, I did about five, six, seven signs, and uh, we're actually at my grandparents' apartments, which are right across the street from the main gig, and there had to have been at least five to five to ten thousand people that repeatedly seen the signs, you know, and we had probably given out close to a thousand pieces of literature, so. We had some, uh, we get some good business going on over there, you know, and uh, and, the, and the thing about Belleville and this whole entire area down here is that it's historically it's one of the, uh, the lowest voter turnouts like in the state, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you're dealing with a, a bunch of people who a don't vote and people who are, you know, a little lower on the totem pole if you get my drift. And um, so it was it's, good to see that uh, you know these same people were uh, you know responding so well. If Ron Paul had, wins, that's where oh. he's going to win from. He's going to win from the people that traditionally do not vote. Totally. Um, that's y- how Jesse Ventura won. It's going to be it's going to floor normal politics out there. People are going to be like, where do these people come? They're not allowed to vote. Yeah, they don't have opinions. <laughs> And Ken, it's going to be amazing. Appreciate hearing from you, Ken. I sincerely hope it works out. 1-800-259-9231. That's absolutely where it's going to come from, because that silent majority is going to respond to the message that stands out from the crowd. They're mm-hmm. going to respond to, let's get rid of the IRS, let's make government drastically smaller. That's what those people want to hear. That's why Jesse Ventura won in, in Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, many, many years ago, because he was espousing a similar-sounding message. It wasn't as principled, it wasn't as pro-liberty, but it had some liberty-related uh, overtones to it, and that was good enough to get those people to turn out in droves. So, again, the trick's going to be to to get enough excitement going in advance, and if he becomes the nominee, if he becomes the Republican nominee... I think it's in the bag at that point. If he can win the primary, yeah, it's the in the bag. the primary is the big issue. Right. 800-259-9231, because there's no way any of those Democrats could stand up to him. They couldn't. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Still got to talk about zero tolerance, the private contractor war in Iraq, and your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. You can see what I mean by heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers. Judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they are experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. You know, and this isn't something you can do after you get sued. You have Mm. to have planned ahead. It's like insurance. There you go. KeepYourAssets.net. Let's go to the phones. It's Kurt in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Kurt. What's on your mind? Kurt in Michigan. Going once. Do we have Kurt in Michigan? Kurt going twice. We do have him? No, No, I say he's gone. He's gone. All right, let's try Tom in Nashua, New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. Tom. Oh, you're killing me. We're killing you? Hello. Is this Kurt? Yes. This is Kurt in Michigan. Kurt's back. Oh, Kurt, you're the man. How's it going? All right, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm uh, actually I was getting a little frustrated there because I'd waited all that time and I thought you guys were going to hang up on me. Nope, here you <laughs> anyway. are. Well, we'll but always you, if that's if something weird like that happens, it's not a big deal to call back and get put to the front of the line. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it's not for uh, you, Kurt. We, it's for everybody. <laughs> uh, I was feeling special too. You are Sorry, special, buddy. Kurt. You're a caller to Free Talk Live. Now go ahead. When you came back from your uh, uh, talkers convention, yes, uh, you had mentioned that there was a post on your. Uh, on your bulletin board saying, uh, chiding you about using AMP money to stay in hotels and what have you. Yes. Yes, now, yes I, they I would la- rather I stay in my car, apparently, or Mark's okay. car in that I, case. I can't speak for the other amplifiers, but when I write out my quarterly check coming up the, at the end of the month and I take myself up to a platinum level, <laughs> all, I can say is, Thank you. <laughs> all I can say is that money is yours, free and clear. Do with it what you want. I know you will only spend it the way you say you do, but if you want to spend a night in a hotel with Mark Hay, that's up to you, right? <laughs> so it's yours, free and clear. Do with it what you want. Anyway, there's a there's also a caller named Eric from Michigan who calls in. Yeah. And and while you were away, um, and and Julia and uh, and Guard were were doing a, a yeoman's duty filling mm-hmm. in. He mentioned that he thought it might be worth an extra two hundred or three hundred lives to be able to achieve our goal in Iraq. And I would say Ew. to him, as long as he looks those two or 300 people in the face, or better yet, chooses them from his family and friends. Or, or looks their mom in the face. There you go. And he also called up and talked about oil um, and, and the government being recourse to which we can turn when the oil companies get out of line. Well, I don't know how it is in every other state, but a $3 gallon of gasoline includes 56 cents worth of taxes here in Michigan. Yep. And that's a lot less than what the oil companies, or a lot more than what the oil companies make on mm-hmm. it by a factor of two or maybe even three. Absolutely. So if you were to take out that tax, plus all the income tax that the station owner has to pay, plus all the income tax and the gas tax that it takes to get there, plus the taxes from the oil companies, you know what? You wouldn't really have a problem with gas prices. You're damn right you wouldn't. 
Great call, so, man. Thank that's you, Kurt. All I want to say. Appreciate hearing from guys. you. 800-259-9231. You know, something else about the uh, one of the other recent critiques of the AMP program, and we'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. It, basically, it's our listeners supporting us so we can spread the show and mm-hmm. get on more stations. Uh, somebody else came up with an idea that, well, we should make it so that the amplifiers can direct their funds, like earmark them for specific tasks. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, that's just not It just sounds happen. remarkably difficult. It's it's very difficult. It'd be very hard to implement I mean, a system like that. It would be really, it would be fine if we had a uh, office full of uh, minions to uh, do our bidding here, but we don't. We don't have the staff at Quantico or anything like that. We've got... The two of us, more or less, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit that gets done here and there, but the two of us do 90% of all the work that's done on this show, and I'll bet you take more than that, more than your 45% share. Also, I mean, I love our amplifiers, and this was an idea that came from one of our amplifiers. Mm-hmm. Love you guys, and, I, an and I, I'm glad you're on board with, with the program, but you have to understand that we're directing the money in certain ways that are based on what we think is best for the show. Right. And, and, if and, as, and as silly as it may seem to you, we're experts. I mean, that doesn't make that, you know experts make mistakes all the time, but Absolutely. we do happen to have a pretty good idea. I've got about a decade experience work. in the radio industry, and uh, so I'm going I, there. I, I'd like to think that I know a little bit more about what I'm doing than somebody who doesn't um, have any experience. But and the, the person that was making the point wanted to uh, could uh, made the point that essentially. More internet listeners benefits him, whereas more uh, radio stations does not really benefit him. Um, I think he's mistaken in that, and I can make a point in that direction. Yeah, how's but, that? Well, why is that? Yeah. Well, because um, more radio station advertisers want to buy radio stations. They don't want to buy internet listeners. That's how it is. It's it, it's a little scary um, out there in the new internet world. They understand average quarter hours. They understand cum listenership. These they, are all radio. Right. They ratings get, terms. Yeah, they get radio ratings. They get radio stations. They understand those things. They're set in the marketplace. And more advertisers means more advertising dollars. More advertising dollars means radio, um, Free Talk Live continues to be on the air and right. grow. So We're going to grow on the Internet regardless of how much money we, we put into that. That's just viral. I mean, people, well, people tell people who tell people, and they find us. And, and I don't... It, the, Yes, but if we didn't have radio advertisers, we wouldn't continue to grow in the sense that, well, um, I've got to have a job. You would probably do this uh, at the very least in your spare time. I don't know if I would be willing to stay in Keene, New Hampshire, rather than go to a larger market where my radio uh, talents are uh, viable if we didn't have money coming in. Fortunately, we pay my bills, and that's good, and I'm certainly willing to live below my means for a while, but... You know, yeah, the advertising dollars are extremely important right. to Free Talk Live. I'd, I'd love to be able to make uh, the Internet side of this thing a viable business, like something that we could survive off of. But as far as the advertising world is concerned, There's just no evidence that it's just not there yet. Will it be down the line? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's, it's going in that direction ever so slowly. Uh, advertisers are sort of testing the waters of the Internet right now, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the real place to build a talk show is is in radio, mm-hmm. and so that's why the money goes there. And as I pointed out on the on the forum, you know, if you don't think that we're spending the money in the right way, don't send it to us. And no I, problem. I won't be insulted. I'd like to make a point that probably um, the the radio the people that advertise on our radio show um, always get almost always get live reads. Most of our advertisers um, get live smart reads thing to in do process, in the process simply because that's the way I sell them. Because right. I know this, I know that our internet listeners are 
far more rabid and more lively to, lively, likely to uh, buy the products than the radio um, listeners are. They're, they're just much more passive. They're sitting in their cars. They don't listen to the show all the way through. Our Internet listeners are where the money is. The advertisers just don't know it. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. We're trying Tom again. You're on Free Talk Live. Tom? So desperate for advertising money, they were even willing to accept my business. It's true. <laughs> That's how desperate they were. I wasn't anyway, willing to turn you down, Tom, because I think you're a pretty good, uh, good caller. Any, anyway, I wanted to point something out uh, here, that uh, on that website that I, I'm advertising, Udad.com. there is a solicitation there for people to send in checks written out to Free Talk Live, and that would sponsor the website and then buy more ads on Free Talk Live. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other thing I wanted to point out, I was kind of surprised that it was affordable. Uh, And so, you know, people who have a business that it doesn't really matter where in the United States your customers are coming from. Mm -hmm. Or the world. Well, uh, Internet-type business uh, where you're taking orders and you're shipping goods all over the country, you know, you could – that's the kind of business if you know people who have – uh, that kind of a business, then uh, turn them on to this program here, and then you get more sponsors. Surprise, so surprisingly was... affordable. Thank you very much. That's a bit of an advertiser testimonial, isn't it? Then? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tom. What did you I have on your mind tonight? Results yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're getting lots of hits on your site. I think I just heard his ad for the first time today, so that might be a factor. Yeah, that's true. Uh, takes, these things take time. Uh, you know what, Tom? Uh, hold on. We'll Speaking bring you time. Back. We'll give you right. a little more. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's one of the things that advertisers, uh, new advertisers to radio and podcasts need to understand, that you can run for a week, but you aren't going to get the response you're going to get if you run for three months. I mean, you've got to get that ad out there. It's got to be repeated over and over again. People don't go the first time they hear your website. Maybe the 20th time. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up anything. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and buy some stuff at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Lots of neat merchandise, including the hot-selling Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It's a 2-gigabyte MP3 player, flash drive, voice recorder, FM tuner, and more, all rolled into one for less than 60 bucks. I was looking at uh, the Circuit City flyer over the weekend, Mark, and still... The major retailers can't even come close to what we're offering in this case. Is that on MP3 players or is MP3 it... players? Okay, yeah, because there's jump drives that would it, jump it, drives. It's... You can go cheap, right? Yeah, it, jump drives that so you can get a two gigabyte jump drive for twenty bucks. But those don't have MP3 playing features, nor are they an FM tuner, nor are they a voice, uh, voice recorder. So try beating that price. You can't. Um, and then of course we got all the great Free Talk Live swag, uh, T-shirts, hoodies. Brand new items, ladies' tees, the free marketeer t-shirts, our flag, all that other stuff is there. Store.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Tom in New Hampshire. Now, Tom, uh, I'm sure there was a reason you were calling beyond to tout how uh, wonderful the advertising venue Free Talk Live is. Yeah. Oh, uh, I took a spin up to Guilford today to visit Porkfest, ah. and uh, probably there were some people staffing a table there, but everybody else was on a uh, tour going down to Nashua. 
Yeah, there's there's there are different activities that are going on at Porkfest during the week, and if you go to Porkfest.com, there's a fairly detailed itinerary of uh, different things that are that are happening. There are a lot of tours during the week. I think the Keen tour is coming up uh, tomorrow, or I'm, I'm not really sure. You should check the schedule. But there's uh, some scuba diving and some gun scuba shooting. diving. Really? There's gun shooting. There's all kinds of stuff going on during the week. But the real action is going to be this weekend. Yeah, and Friday they told me. Now, which night do you want me to uh, fill in so one of you guys can uh, go to Pork Fest? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I don't know if we'll be having you fill in, but we're certainly, we'll probably do the same thing we did at the Liberty Forum. You're a little Forum. too dangerous, Tom. <laughs> we're probably going to do the same thing we did at the Liberty Forum, and that is we'll have an open microphone um, so that anybody who's milling around at Pork Fest will be able to come, in, come on and sit in on the show, just like you were a caller, except you'd sit in, except then we have to... There was quite a line for that the last time. Yeah, um, and I know, I can tell you right Right now, we are going to have Bernard von Nothaus, the, really? the man behind the Liberty Dollar, the creator, the monetary architect. He's going to be with us, I think, in the first hour of the show on Saturday night. So that's going to be fun. And I'm just reading on the Associated Press headlines here that uh, Randy Weaver of Ruby Ridge fame went up to visit Ed and Elaine Brown. Hmm. So I hear, and word was there was a press conference today. I don't know what came of that yet, and no one has yet to check in to, uh, to give us an update on that one. So... Tom, I guess we'll be seeing you on Saturday then. Uh, or maybe Friday. Well, I, I won't be there Friday. So uh, if you're there Friday, then I'm afraid we'll have to miss you. But maybe next time. Thanks for the call, man. Yep. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We're going to get there. I'm planning on leaving bright and early on Saturday morning. So I should be there no later than 10 or 11 a.m. So it's because it's two hours from where we live. Is it only two? I thought it was three. I'm not sure. I think it's about two. Anyway, uh, let's talk security, so-called. Or we will, but the Druid Capsh. Caption? The Druid Captain is on the line in Ohio. Hello? I'm the Gord Captain. The Gord Captain. Wow, the uh, call screen really bunched that, that one got up. my name wrong, but anyway, I first got a quick question before I get to my main issue. Yeah. In Bizarro, China, can you only buy Egg McMuffins after 10.30 a.m.? I don't know. That'd be a question for Gene, the Christian <laughs> anarchist. But go ahead, sir. Anyway, um, on Saturday you were discussing anti-consumerism. Okay. And you were talking about the cleansers. Yeah, these people that wipe the, they cut the labels off their uh, bottles of soda, they rub the uh, the imprints off, whatever, if it's a name brand and it appears on a product they buy, they obsessively remove it. This is very clearly a, a, a conspiracy corroding the anti-consumerism movement from the inside. It's all from the big scissor and big soap companies trying to sell their products to them. Mm. Wait, I don't understand. Well, the big scissors, big scissors and big soap, they're uh, trying to get their uh, products out there cleansed, so they're making money. Oh, yes. right. The products they're using to probably, do the cleansing. Probably big uh, white label, too. <laughs> Brilliant call. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Wouldn't you have to... I mean, it would seem to me, if you're going to be a good anti-consumerist, you can't really drink Coke or Pepsi or any of those things. I mean... You're showing off a brown liquid. People are still thinking cola. That yeah. pretty much brings to mind Pepsi or Coke. You need to drink water, and preferably water out of a tap. Good point. 1-800-259-9231. All right, so I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, we never got to the story. Uh, Baghdad, private security companies from the Washington Post funded... They're not from the Washington Post. It's a story. From, anyway, private security companies funded <laughs> by billions of dollars in U.S. military and State Department contracts, those are your dollars, by the way, taxpayer yeah. dollars, are fighting insurgents on a widening scale in Iraq, enduring daily attacks, returning fire, and taking hundreds of casualties that have been underreported and sometimes concealed, according to the U.S. and Iraqi officials and companies representatives. 
While the military has built up troops in an ongoing campaign to secure Baghdad, the security companies out of public view have been engaged in a parallel surge, boosting manpower, adding expensive armor, and stepping up evasive action as attacks increase. The officials and company representatives said one in seven supply convoys protected by private forces has come under attack this year, according to previously unreleased statistics. One security company reported nearly 300 hostile actions in the first four months of this year. The majority of more than 100 security companies operate outside of Iraqi law, in part because of bureaucratic delays and corruption in the Iraqi government licensing process. According to U.S. officials, Blackwater USA, a prominent North Carolina firm that protects uh, a U.S. ambassador and several other companies, have not applied, U.S. and Iraqi officials said. Blackwater said that it obtained a one-year license in 2005, but that shifting Iraqi government policy has impeded its attempts to renew, as though getting licensed is going to do anything to stop the killing. Uh, The security industry's enormous growth has been facilitated by the U.S. military, which uses the 20 to 30,000 contractors to offset chronic troop shortages. Armed contractors protect all convoys, transporting reconstruction material, including vehicles, weapons, and ammunition for the Iraqi army and police. They guard key U.S. military installations and provide uh, personal security for at least three commanding generals. Quote, I'm kind of practicing what I preach here, uh, one of the generals said in an interview on the use of private security forces for such tasks. He says, I'm a two-star general, but I'm not the most important guy in the multinational force. If it's a lower-priority mission and it's within the capabilities of private security, this is an appropriate risk trade-off. Well, first of all, it would seem to me that uh, the private security guys are more capable than the regular military um, it's a generalization. But uh, anyway, I think it's very interesting that this is going on, and not many people are paying attention to it. All of the attention is being paid to the U.S. military and its casualties and the damage it's causing. But who knows how much damage the uh, the private contractors are in there doing in the name of your taxpayer dollars as well. There's virtually no oversight for these guys. They're given a mission, and then no one knows what happens, uh, how they accomplish it. How effective they are, how many people they've killed. The military plans to outsource at least $1.5 billion in security operations this year, including the three largest security contracts in Iraq, a theater-wide contract to protect U.S. bases that's worth up to $480 million. Do you think that the, um, think that these security companies have a nice little interest in keeping this war going? Absolutely. You think they might be one of the military-industrial complex members that are seriously benefiting? I think these. I'd are, say they're the top of the food chain for yeah. the military-industrial complex. Absolutely, and you know the story goes on with the. I mean, there's five more pages to this story about just details on on uh, some of the interactions that they've had and some of the the firefights that they've been in. So there's this whole other parallel war that's going on. Your tax dollars are funding it, but yet we don't really know what it's. What it's all about. Right. There's no freedom of the press there. Yeah, good good point. What happens when the press wants to go in and embed in the uh, the private companies? They don't have they don't have that ability unless they want to be allowed in. Right. If you were a company, would you let the press embed in your uh you know, your business? I don't think so. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I'll post this link because it's a, an extensive story. I'll post this link on the BBS tonight so you can take a look at it for yourself. But I just thought I'd make you aware. Just remember, when you hear those numbers being reported, the body counts, the 3,000-plus American troops that have died, that doesn't include the private contractors that have bit the dust. And when you hear the numbers that uh, the military is reporting as far as its casualty estimates for the Iraqi people... I'm pretty sure that doesn't include the number of uh, casualties that these private contractors have uh, created as well. So 
Be aware, the numbers are not accurate, the ones that you're getting. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Carl in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, Carl? Good to talk to you again. Since you're mentioning Blackwater, I remember I talked to you the other night. um, um, There's a company here, a private security company called Garda, G-A-R-D-A. They're out of Quebec here, and they um, handle the immigration, the security here at the Immigration Center. Well, I read an interesting article in the La Presse, it's a Montreal newspaper the other day, mm-hmm. about how Garda is making $300 million or so in profits, and also they're being contracted to go to Iraq as a private security company. Are you aware of that? No, but it wouldn't. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that's just what's going on. And it's your tax dollars, but you don't get any say on how it's, how it's spent, so it doesn't matter if it goes to Garda or, you know, a vending machine company. Somebody's going to get the graft. Somebody's going to benefit from uh, the political favors, and in this case, those are the guys. Uh, Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Dennis in New Hampshire, on the way. Your calls as well. Ladies first, if you make the call, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll free. 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online as well at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those. That again, freetalklive.com to Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Howdy, guys. So an earlier, an earlier caller was talking about Ron Paul, and you guys were talking about the importance of the primary for Ron Paul. Yeah. So just last night, the Secretary of State of uh, the state of New Hampshire, Bill Gardner, who pretty much is the guy that decides when the primary is going to be, mm-hmm. was uh, addressing, you know, giving a little speech, and I was listening to that. And he was talking about why he was willing to go to the mat to ensure that it was always New Hampshire that would be the first state to do that primary. Because there are some states that are trying to one-up New Hampshire and uh, and get in there first. Exactly. And he was saying that that's just not going to happen while he's in office. And it, it was interesting to hear his reasons why. It wasn't because people in New Hampshire are special or something like that, but because mostly of accidents of history and the structure of the government here. He, he said it uh, was mostly because the government and the nature of politics in New Hampshire is so grassroots. Pretty much wherever you live, one of your neighbors or someone in their family has run for state office or mm-hmm. some kind of local office. Mm-hmm. And there being so many such offices, there's just a lot of participation in the system. A lot of the things that are um, appointed somewhere else are an elected office in New Hampshire, the, the dog catcher or whatever. Okay. And so what he was saying was that it was also a matter of ballot access. Apparently, and I've, I've never voted in a primary here yet. I'm still pretty new. Apparently, it is not uncommon to get 30, 40, 50 names on a primary in New Hampshire because they take, if you're willing to pay the 1000 bucks it takes to list, or if you can prove that you're indigent. And Wait, are you talking about for president? Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
even if you don't have the thousand bucks, and just one thousand, in a lot of states it's like fifty thousand, and you have to be the brother of the friend of the guy who puts the thing together. Mm-hmm. It's you know, hey, you want to be on the ballot? Boom, you're on the ballot. There you go. So it's that notion that everybody has a shot, and that it is so very grassroots um, to where. You know, you come to expect the presidential candidates to speak in a high school next to you and to answer your question. They and really they do here, like, too. Hey. You know, um, Hillary Clinton has come here and spoken at high school. At Keene, New, in Keene, New Hampshire. I mean, it just doesn't make yeah. it, it. You, It would not happen in any other state. Um, politics is grassroots in New Hampshire, and as a result, um, New Hampshire has been very, very successful in the past as to deciding, um, you know, the, who wins there is, is likely going to be the person who's going to be the president. When Hillary Clinton spoke, did you notice that there were no metal detectors, no pat down? You just kind of walked in, and there she was. I'm not going to go listen to that tripe. I did. I went. Um, <laughs> I, normally, I wouldn't, but uh, there were a bunch of uh, activists in the area that were going to hold, uh, you know, pro liberty signs and that sort of thing. And yeah, that was absolutely the case. Uh, Secret Service was everywhere, but the actual level of security, visible security, was very, very minimal. There was nothing. Exactly. So it's that whole thing of they they really do have to answer questions from crazy people in the audience and have to do it well with a plum and decorum and that it's it's not just who the media has picked as the top players everybody who even remotely wants to be on that ballot for president is going to be on that ballot for president there you go hey dennis have you made it out to pork fest yet no actually i'm, I'm working under a work deadline uh so i'm i'm coding late into the night but sometime over the weekend i will be there Right on. What do you think of the uh, rumor mongering that we're spreading that there's a chance Ron Paul might show up? I have. Cool if he does. That'd be awesome. Well, word is he's coming into New Hampshire on Friday and Saturday for various different press appearances. There's a 9:30 a.m. Uh, little sign holding thing when he sh- when he shows up at the airport. So uh, at the very least, there'll be some Ron Paul stuff going on. There you awesome. Go. I want Ron Paul treated like a rock star so he knows when it's time to retire from whatever congressional seat, it's time to retire to mm-hmm. New Hampshire, where people love I Ron want him Paul. to retire from the presidency to New Hampshire. <laughs> there you go. That's big thinking. Thanks for the call, Dennis. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231 to Providence, Rhode Island, an Associated Press story about zero tolerance. If your kids are in school... You may very well be familiar with this concept. And there's also other areas in our lives that zero tolerance has uh, made its awful way into. But in this case, fifth graders in California who adorned their mortar boards with tiny toy plastic soldiers this week. What the hell's a mortar board? Uh, I don't know. Okay. To support troops. In a, it's something you make things on, I guess. Uh, you create little maybe dioramas on. I love like dioramas. That. Uh, anyway, so they put the uh, the little plastic, you know, the little green army men, the plastic mm-hmm. soldiers, they put them on there uh, in order to support the troops in Iraq. They were forced to cut off their miniature weapons. I see. A Utah boy was also recently suspended for giving his cousin a cold pill prescribed to both students. In Rhode Island, a kindergartner was suspended for bringing a plastic knife to school so he could cut his cookies. It's all part of zero-tolerance rules, which typically mandate severe punishments for weapons and drug offenses, regardless of the circumstances. And this has been going on forever. I mean, there's story after story. Mm -hmm. They just selected three. Lawmakers in several states say the strict policies in schools have resulted in many punishments that lack common sense and are seeking to loosen the restrictions. Hence all the news stories. 
A machete is not the same as a butter knife. A water gun is not the same as a gun loaded with bullets, said a one of the state senators, Daniel Issa, a former school board member who worries that no tolerance rules are applied blindly and too rigidly. Issa sponsored a bill requiring school districts to decide punishments for alcohol, drug, and non-firearm weapon violations on a case-by-case basis after weighing the circumstances. Gee, you think? You think people could handle making those decisions? We're not going to be de- zero tolerance anymore, but it's such a, a, a cute little phrase. Well, at least in Rhode Island. For the rest of the country, you'll still be stuck with it. Uh, it, it did pass the Senate and the House and now heads for the governor's desk in Rhode Island. Some have long been aware of the problem of zero tolerance. For the last decade, Mississippi has allowed local school districts to reduce previously mandatory one-year offenses for violence, weapons, and drug offenses. More recently, or excuse me, that was one-year expulsions for violence, weapons, and drug offenses. More recently, Texas lawmakers have also moved to tone down their state's zero tolerance rules. Utah has altered its zero tolerance policy on drugs so asthmatic students can carry inhalers. Nice of them. Yeah, they're just making a few exceptions in some of the other states. The American Bar Association has recommended ending zero tolerance policies while the American Psychological Association wants the most draconian codes changed. And look at look at what you have here, by the way, and this isn't necessarily related to zero tolerance, but what you have here in just this one paragraph of the article. The, the American Bar Association wants to Bar Association wants to end them entirely, but the Psychological Association only wants to change the most draconian measures. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and then there's all these other interesting groups that have their interests in play and it, it's just it's it goes to show you how the government system works the government system not just in education but all of the government it exists to pit interest groups against one another in an eternal endless pointless battle for control over the government apparatus in this case it's schools uh, parent groups fighting over what the correct curriculum should be or in this particular case different groups fighting over what the correct punishment situation should be should it be zero tolerance should it be half tolerance should it be a case by case basis uh, it's it's again this sort of endless conflict that will never be permanently resolved because once one group gets its way the other opposing groups then you know they they hunker down mm-hmm. and they you know regroup and they, they rally the troops right they rally the troops and they go at it again to try to get their agenda implemented people still want to see prayer in schools yeah i mean how long has that been out of schools long time i i have no interest in seeing prayer return but i know that i know that people do want that and I, I personally went to a school where we prayed for the first nine years of my education and they spend so much money and so much effort trying to get their agendas implemented when it would just make so much more sense to get the government the hell out of schools that way all these people with different agendas could send their kids to the schools that had their agendas already right. people or start wanted, one if people wanted a zero tolerance school they could send their kids in smocks so they wouldn't be able to hide anything and yeah. in, uh, in the, you know any dirty little crevices or whatever they could do whatever they wanted but this just results in everybody getting a bad education and bothered about a bunch of nonsense a decade ago more than three quarters of public schools surveyed reported adopting some version of a no tolerance policy according to the department of education uh, we'll tell you a little more about zero tolerance and then give you another example about it in this case one school has determined that there will be no touching of any sort We'll talk about that. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 
It's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features, totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you free, freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about an insane concept known as zero tolerance. And if you've had kids in the government school system within the past, oh, decade or so, then you know exactly what it is we're talking about. That is, if uh, your kid ever tried to bring, say, a I don't know, a butter knife to school or maybe uh, an aspirin to take or something like that. Basically, the, the policy is that if you violate the drugs or, or uh, weapons policy in any form, then you will be punished to the maximum. You will be punished if you bring a butter knife to school as much as someone would be punished if he brought a, for instance, machete machete or a gun to school. Mm. That's what we're talking about here. And MSNBC is reporting a 1997 survey of more than 1,200 public schools by the Department of Education found that 79% had zero tolerance policies against violence, 88% had them for drugs, 91% for weapons. And 97, that's before Columbine, isn't it? That was about Columbine. I think Columbine happened in 97. It was certainly before uh, September 11, 2001. Yes, it was. Some parents have mixed feelings about the zero-tolerance rules. Christine Duckworth, who is 50, is the mother of an 18-year-old daughter who just graduated in Rhode Island. She said she wanted her daughter safe at school, but she said rules must reflect that teenagers make mistakes. She said, I think there's pretty much always a gray area... You're dealing with individuals. How can you possibly apply one law to every single person and their circumstances? You know, that's a that is a great question, Duckworth. And why won't more people ask that question about government in general? Because the same principles apply there. Government. Well, it's obvious they're not asking it even about government schools. Parents. Most of them are. Uh, right. The parents are just accepting whatever they're they're being told from the government schools, and yep. they're not protesting in any way, shape, or form. For the and most part, it's kind of sad. Yeah, it is a sad, sad situation, and it all really stems back to the government schools and the fact that they've indoctrinated Americans very effectively uh, to believe that government knows best, Mm -hmm. and you just look to government for the solutions, and whatever we uh, in government uh, deem to be appropriate, you will accept without question. Right. That tends to be how it works. But the principles in effect here, and and the, the, the question behind it, the issue behind her question about you know this one-size-fits-all policy for every possible uh, instance or iteration of, uh, of a violation, it being insanity, also applies to government in general. Government in general decrees that they have the solution. It is their one-size-fits-all government education system that you know dumbs down education to the lowest common denominator. And there are so many different examples of how government does this. It, it prevents you. It prevents you from going elsewhere. It prevents you in many ways uh, from looking to the marketplace for solutions. In many ways, the marketplace is prevented from offering solutions. Yeah, I know there are private schools. But they're operating in a seriously crippled environment where you parents, parents are having to pay, if they want to send their kids to private schools, twice. They have to pay to send their kids to the government schools that they aren't actually sending their kids to. And then they have to pay, on top of that, to send their kids to the private schools. You know, zero tolerance for public schools essentially takes 
what is already a bureaucratic monstrosity and makes it more bureaucratic. Yeah. They are not able to respond individually to certain circumstances, you know, with a with student, whether they bring a, brought a butter knife or an aspirin. They're not able to respond individually. They're only able to respond as far as the rules are. That student needs to get kicked out for a year. As though there was any real responsibility being a, a bureaucrat in the first place, there really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very difficult to get bureaucrats fired. If you've ever had a situation in a school with just the most awful teacher, I mean, every school's got bad teachers, but there are usually some of them that are just exquisitely bad. They're just the worst of the worst. And uh, they're so bad that the kids and the parents would really like to get rid of them and will sometimes mount campaigns, um, you know, campaigns to call other parents to have them lobby the school board to try to get rid of this one really bad teacher. Never happens. You cannot get rid of bad teachers unless they, you know, sexually molest one of the kids in their classes. It doesn't matter how bad they are. If they've got tenure, they are not going anywhere. So the same thing with the bureaucrats in the, you know, the back office. There, there's very, very little chance they're ever going to lose their jobs for anything. But now with, with zero tolerance, there's not even the, you know, the chance that they could be held out as, oh, you know, you're favoring one kid over another. You're favoring the rich kids over the other kids. Because that could have been the excuse. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we need these zero tolerance rules so we can't be blamed that way we can apply everything uniformly against the entire uh, student population so it's it's a thoughtless process now for them now they don't even have to think oh what's that you've got an army man with a gun on him well that's a a guns violation zero tolerance i guess we should be happy about zero tolerance Uh, maybe they'll kick all the students out and uh, everybody will have to go to private schools and we'll have a uh, you know we'll we'll have our private solution we've been talking about yeah that's going to (laughs) happen Some parents, uh, let's see, okay, she says there are some signs that policies could be changing. Texas decided in 2005 that schools can consider students' intent and other mitigating factors before punishing them for any offenses other than those involving firearms. Uh, said one of the representatives. It's it's hard to legislate common sense. If we get intent into the part of the code, I think we'll be in good shape. Critics of zero-tolerance rules cite multiple problems. Academic achievement often lags in schools with the highest rates of suspension and expulsion, even when socioeconomic factors are taken into consideration. He says the kids feel like they're walking on eggshells. Reynolds also questioned what lessons zero-tolerance rules teach, citing reports that a 10-year-old girl was expelled from a Colorado academy after giving a teacher a small knife that her mother placed in her lunchbox. So she turned it in. Right. And we've seen stories like this as well. Uh, What she learned from this... Remember the story of the kid that found a gun? On school property, and then turned that in. Thought he was doing the right thing. <laughs> crazy. Zero it's tolerance. Crazy. They kicked his butt out of school. Zero tolerance policies are teaching these kids that if you break a rule, something happens and you break a rule, for God's sake, don't tell anybody. Zero tolerance policies completely ignore the concept of intent, which is antithetical to the American philosophy of justice. And, you know, that's okay with the school bureaucrats, because they don't have to deliver justice. There is no, you know habeas corpus when it comes to the school system. There's no right to a, a fair trial or a jury trial or, or uh, the, even the right to freedom of speech. There's none of that in the government school system. So the bureaucrats like these policies. They don't have to think. The principal at Portsmouth High School, whose mascot sometimes is depicted carrying a rifle, censored a yearbook photo because it showed a student who enjoys medieval reenactments wearing chainmail and holding, holding a sword. sword. Yeah, I saw this one. Citing the cost of litigation, the school relented this year and, re- uh, and recently published in the yearbook Mr. Uh, Patrick Agin's senior photo showing him with the sword. Agin says he understands rules against guns and drugs, but he was perplexed about how school administrators drew distinctions in his case. He never actually brought the sword to school. 
It was just a picture in the yearbook. He says, you can't really have zero tolerance. We have track and field. We throw javelins. If you think about it, you can pretty much make anything into a weapon. Ah, from the mouths of babes. 1-800-259-9231. That kid gets it. And although, you know, still, you can, you can even in the things that he says, he says he understands rules. Well, he doesn't get it entirely. But yeah. yeah. I understand rules. You're going to need rules. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is your show, The School That Banned Touching, coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, including the updates. You just get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates. FreeTalkLive.com and pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer: Very little. The Prometheus Institute at ReadPI.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington, not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all of the other flatwater political think tanks, visit ReadPI.com. That's ReadPI.com. As we go to the phones, talking zero tolerance and in, in, this insanity that is infecting all of the government schools around the country, and uh, there are a few, a uh, few of the states that have had second thoughts about zero tolerance, and maybe they're moving in the right direction. But of course, that's still not going to solve the real problem, which is government schools. Nonetheless, we go to the phones and talk to David in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, David. Howdy. What's on your mind? Uh, I got a theory about it. When it comes to government, it, it, everything revolves around money. So I'm, I want to ask the question, when they kick the kid out, do they still get the money from the government for mm. that kid? And now they're not spending the money on that kid because he ain't there. So yeah, it's more I think money. they would get it because it's a suspension. And if it's right. a suspension, so that means the same they get thing the money. they're doing with our prison systems. Like, you know, they, they make frivolous laws. Pretty soon you'll probably go to jail for smoking a cigarette somewhere or buying tobacco or whatever. They'll fill up the jails, and then they make you work, and they sell products. It's this opposite with the schools. They make it easy for the kids to get kicked out, and they still get the money, and they don't got to teach the kids. You, you know, go. since it's a bureaucracy, I'll bet it works this way. They get a certain amount of money for each kid at the start of the school year, yeah. and they probably have a form they can fill out for each kid that enters the school um, during the school year in order to get extra funding for that child or Just whatever. Just imagine right. how many kids they could kick out for touching now. Oh, yep. yeah. That's where we're going next. And, they get, and they'll make more money because more kids will get kicked out. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> or they save more money or more money in somebody's pocket. The administrators. It's all corrupt. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the you administrators it's that benefit. The teachers don't get a piece. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's the principals and it's the secretaries. All, yeah, the, what do you call administrators? Yeah, the whatever. pencil pushers. Thanks for the yeah. call, David. Appreciate it as always. Hey, I made David laugh. <laughs> okay, so you were making He a, seems like an affable guy. Oh, yeah, I like him. Wait, you were making a point? Mark? I was just making the point that, in fact, um, you know, they probably don't 
let the uh, school board know or whoever gives their money to them. Hey, we kicked a kid out, so uh, you'll have to. Here's yeah, someone. Here's a check. No interest for them to do that. Uh, it doesn't seem likely. So I'll bet you that they um, get a certain amount for every student when they start the year, and they probably have a form for every student that comes in during the year. Uh, I think there's a significant difference between a suspension and an expulsion. When you expel the student, they're gone permanently, mm-hmm. versus a suspension when they could be back whenever the suspension is over. So I think David's on to something there. Let's you know they 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 have a total incentive to kick as many kids out of the system as they possibly can, so they just don't have to deal with them. Whereas if it were a private school, parents would be able to decide wh- whether or not they, they liked the school's policies. They wouldn't be coerced into sending their kids to the schools in the first place. If the school had a uh, an intolerable policy in regards to drugs and weapons, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't send their kids there. And if the school's made a decision if the if the kids violated the school's policies and the school made a decision that the parents didn't like the parents could say all right fine you know what if you want to make that decision and you don't want to listen to what we have to say as your customers we're going to go across the street or across town to your competition next year we'll take our money somewhere else because there's no guarantee uh, there's no guaranteed funds in the private world in the in the marketplace unlike there is with government schools where it's guaranteed every year right there was uh Braden and Christian where I went to uh middle school, uh, junior high is what we called it, they kicked out uh, three boys for having baking soda and calling it cocaine. Um, yeah. It was a strange circumstance, but they kicked them out for six months. Um, it was it was halfway through the school year, right. and they suspended them for six months. I don't think any, and they probably knew this was going to happen. Um, I would think the administrators would know this. I don't think that any of those three boys came back after mm. those suspensions. I mean, essentially, they went on. They probably uh, went to public school or some other school mm-hmm. um, in town at that point, and they probably thought, eh, I've, I've got friends. I don't want to go back. And, yeah. and and they realized that they were losing a student for life for doing those suspensions. That's a big decision to make as, yeah, it uh, is. as somebody running they a company. They probably did not do it lightly. Very good. Uh, let's talk about no touching, Mark. How insane is this? Okay, from one of the Washington Post, Fairfax County Middle School student Hal Bolu, Bolu, um hopped up from his lunch table one day um, a few months ago, sat next to his girlfriend and slipped his arm around her shoulder. That landed him a trip to the school office. How dare he? Among his crimes, <laughs> hugging. All touching, not only fighting or inappropriate touching, is against the rules at Kilmer Middle School in Vienna. Hand-holding, handshakes, high-fives, banned. Wow. The rule has been conveyed to students that this is um, in this way, no physical contact. <laughs> School officials say the rule helps keep crowded hallways and lunchrooms safe and orderly and ensures that all students are comfortable. Were hallways and lunchrooms any le- any less safe and orderly when I was going to school because no, of the touching policy? I no. don't know. But Hal, 13, and his parents think the school's hands-off approach goes too far and they're lobbying for a change. Here you go again, lobbying for a change. This uh, lobbying for change translation, begging for a change, mm-hmm. pleading with their masters for a change. Well, I can imagine when you have a seventh grader, um, you don't that he doesn't want to necessarily change schools. Um, he's got his friends there. They're mm-hmm. all they, all his friends are in prison together, and he doesn't want to go to some other um, school. So it's it's the parents don't have as much leverage. They can't just say, well, this is stupid. We're going someplace else. They can, but it's it's more difficult. That's true. All right. I think hugging is a good thing, said Hal, seventh grader, a few days before the end of the school year. I put my arm around her. It's like for 15 seconds. I didn't think it would be a big deal. Yes, well, hugging leads to sexual touching, and before you know it, they'll be having intercourse in the hallways, and we can't have that at Vienna High School. 
At Fairfax uh, School, spokesman said there's no countywide ban like the one at Kilmer, but many middle schools and some elementary schools have similar keep-your-hands-to-yourself rules. Officials in Arlington, Loudoun, Prince George's counties said that uh, schools in these systems prohibit inappropriate touching and disruptive behavior, but don't forbid all contact. Deborah Hernandez, Kilmer's principal, said the rule makes sense in a school that was built for 100 and, or 850 students but houses 1,100. She said every single every single government school could use that as the. Do you excuse. see how she got her plug in for money? It's like that, that's the only thing she had to say about it. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you gave us more money, we probably would change this rule. She said that students should have their personal space and be protected, and um, that their personal space protected, and they they may lack the maturity to understand what is acceptable or welcome. That's kind of what school's about: socialization, <laughs> finding out what's acceptable and what's welcome. I mean, that's what yes. school's for. It's I a, made some faux pas in school that are sort of embarrassing to look back on, but, yeah. you know, that's part of what school's about. Yeah, you can shake hands with your friends, but touching them in their privates, that's not appropriate. Right. How are they supposed to learn what these uh, appropriate things are to do if you don't let them? Right. By the time they graduate from high school, they've never touched another human being in their entire lives unless they're rule breakers. Yep. You or at least into, in school. So Hernandez goes on. You get into shades of gray. The kids say, if he can high-five, um, then I can do this. That's what I'm telling you, Mark. <laughs> They'll be having incest right there. I mean, intercourse <laughs> right there in the, the school hallways well, if we ins- let this go on. If, it's, if, if intercourse is the first step, then incest, incest is the next. Incest is that they're brothers and sisters, sex right in the hallways. We can't have this at school. No touching. She's seen a poke escalate into a fight and a handshake. <laughs> That's a gang sign. Some students, and these are friends, play bloody knuckles, which involves slamming their knuckles together as hard as they can. I never understood that one. Did you ever play that? I never understood I I understand completely. Young men are drugged up with testosterone. They can't help it. They just do these kind of things. I must not have had the testosterone because I didn't want to have anything to do with that game. That was scary to me. Yeah. (laughs) I like my knuckles just as they are. Thank you. Counselors have heard uh, have heard from girls who are uncomfortable hugging boys, but embarrassed to tell anyone. And in a oh, they're hugging their boyfriends out of obligation because they feel like they should, but they're embarrassed about it. What? In a culturally diverse school, officials say families might have different views of what is appropriate. Ah, so using the public school diversity thing, yes, the setup of the public school as an excuse for more draconian rules. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. More insanity on the way. There's more quotes from these idiots about this no-touching rule. This is zero tolerance. Even more insane than regular zero tolerance. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want even in these remaining moments. 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. That's 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the site, you like the show, you want to help support us, then do it on a voluntary basis. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites up front. We give you everything for free up front and then ask you on a voluntary choice uh, to send us some money. Three bucks a month, in fact, is all we're asking for. And you can do it at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is a simple one. And that is that if you send that money in, we don't 
put it into paychecks, we turn it around into promoting the show. That money goes back into getting more radio stations on board with this program and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. Plus, you get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum and chat room and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp. .freetalklive.com. So as we continue to discuss uh, one particular school in, let's it's Kilmer Middle School in Vienna, that's I believe Virginia, Fairfax County. This particular school has decided to take zero tolerance to, I mean, it, zero tolerance on its own, as we talked earlier this hour, is just insanity. Um, it, it basically just removes the decision-making process from punishing students for bringing knives and knives and drugs and weapons to school. Um, it takes out all of the thinking, and it just says that, well, if what you have looks like a knife or looks like drugs, then that's good enough. You'll get the same punishment as everyone else, and so be gone with you. That's sort of how zero tolerance works there. But now they're instituting zero tolerance when it comes to touching other kids. Not pushing, not shoving, not fighting. Those are already against the rules. Now it's touching, shaking hands, They don't hugging. have a zero tolerance policy for touching yet, it's just really close. What? I thought they... Uh, they well, it says... It. Um, this is what uh, the, the principal says. She says, It isn't as if the hug police are on patrol at Kilmer, in Kilmer Holloways. Usually an askance look from a teacher, a reminder to move along is enough to stop girls who are holding hands and giggling in a, um, in a but huddle. But it has been banned. It absolutely has been banned. Okay, and, so it is against the rules. And, and a boy got sent to the office uh, for touching, putting his arm around his girlfriend. Um, let's see, giggling in a huddle, or boy who pats a buddy on the back. Students won't get busted if they high-five in class after a- answering a difficult math problem. Typically, she said, only repeat offenders or those breaking other rules are reprimanded. You have to have an absolute rule with students and wiggle room and good judgment on behalf of um, the staff, apparently, is what she claims. Wait, ha- now she's saying they need wiggle room, but earlier she was saying there's zero tolerance. Well, there's the wiggle room. Isn't... It's against the rules to pat your buddy on the back, but... It's an askance look from the teacher. Ah, I see. Ah, so the teacher has the option to send them to the office or not. Right. So that's not necessarily a zero tolerance in the, the, the traditional term, but it's still gotcha. against the rules. Hal's parents, Donna and Henry, said that they think that uh, Kilmer is a good school and that their son is thriving there. He earns A's and B's before his uh, incident, which and he hadn't gotten any trouble. Still, they say that they, uh, they encourage hugging at home, and they've taught him to shake hands when he meets someone. They agree that teenagers need to have clear limits, but don't want their son to get a message that physical contact is bad. How do kids learn what's right and what's wrong, said Henry. Uh, it's probably Henri. The kid's dad. These last, uh, yeah. these last, this last name. Bolino. Um, Bolio. Bolio, whatever. He, uh, <clears throat> Henry asked, they're all smart kids, and they can draw lines. If they cross them, they get in trouble. I don't think it would happen too often. Um, he's written a letter uh, to the uh, county school board asking them to review the rule. House troubles began one day in March when he got up from his assigned cafeteria table. I didn't. Wow, have they have assigned tables nowadays. <laughs> um, and went to a nearby wow. table where his then girlfriend was sitting. He admits he broke one rule, getting up from his assigned table without permission. Whoa, man. This is That's mind-boggling. like prison. Do they actually have assigned tables in prison? No, they, they line you up, and you must sit um, in the order that you've been lined. I and see. And talking is not permitted. And you may not get up from your table until your table is called. Um, usually that Do means... Do they that- turn the lights off with the little, uh, with the stoplight? Yes. To, to deter in yeah. prison? Well, they don't, to deter, deter talking, there is no talking. Right. They deter that with a flashlight to the side of your head. <laughs> um, We're but, not far from that, apparently, in government <laughs> schools. Far, no. um, school officials said the, the girl didn't complain 
Oh, excuse me. A school security officer spotted the hug and sent Hal to the office, <laughs> where he was cited with two infractions. Alert! Alert! He was warned... Possible gangbang in progress. <laughs> ...that a third misstep would lead to an in-school suspension or detention. He's, uh, the school official said that the girl didn't complain and that they had no reason to believe the hug was unwelcome. Hal said that he and his classmates underst- uh, understand when and how it's appropriate to hug or pat someone on the back in school, and most teenagers respect boundaries set by their peers. Today, his seventh grade year ends as school sets out for the summer. Next fall, he hopes Kilmer officials reconsider the rule. I think you should be able to shake hands, high-five, and make a quick hug, he said, without things going too far. <laughs> Look so out! bizarre. <laughs> we can't have this! It's, it's crazy. It's anarchy! I, <laughs> mass groping. I don't get it. I, uh, shaking hands? I w- that's one of the things that I want my child to learn in school is don't send them to government schools. Well, I'm, I'm not. Right. That's what you. I mean, that's what you got to do if you care about your kids. And I feel so sorry for these parents. What do you say about parents um, that that they they think that they have a good school? That's what. Parents, I, that's why I feel sorry for them because they think, oh, our son's in such a good school. He's getting A's and B's. <laughs> right. Just because your son's getting A's and B's doesn't mean he's in a good school. I could absolutely tell you that the A's and the B's that you get in public school are not as valuable as the A's and B's that you that I got in private school. No doubt about it. No doubt. I was about learning it. so much in private school. You can get an A and a B in in government school, and it just shows that you know how to work the system. You couldn't have drugged me out of that public school, though. I was so happy there with all the miscreants. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. It's Wayne in Chicago. You're on Free Talk Live, Wayne. Come on. Hi, Wayne. You're on, Wayne. Hi. What's hey, on your bud. mind? Yeah, I was just want. I was just saying, um, the touching in um public in schools is like. Totally gay rule, because yep. um, makes no sense. If the schools are saying they're preparing for the real world, then why don't they? Then why don't they just let them touch? I it's mean, probably coming next. No touching the real world. Us. Well, in my real world, there's touching and there's sex in my real world, so maybe we should prepare them for that in schools. How about we go in the other direction? You know, you can just fight all day and all night about this, and, uh, and Wayne, thank you for the call. Uh, but the parents can, can argue back and forth forever. There are probably parents that agree with the school in this particular case. The article that we're, that we're sharing with you happened to have quotes from parents that disagreed with it, but only one set of them. So inevitably, there are going to be parents that are saying, yeah, that was cool. We can't have kids touching. That's a bad idea. It's against Jesus. <laughs> Jesus would never have touched his... Oh, wait, no, he did touch people. Well, anyway, uh, there's inevitably going to be people that uh, that disagree. And so once again, the conflict is a brewing. The conflict is, is constant, and it never lets up, and it just makes it so people hate one another. They hate the different groups that want to impose their way on their kids, and they resent them, and that's not good for, uh, for mankind. That's not good for our society. It would, it would be so much better if we could have individual, uh, different, privately run schools. Some of them would be run by charities. Some of them would be run by interest groups, uh, parent, like parent groups. Some of them would be run by companies. And then you as a parent would be able to decide which school to send your kids to. Of course, the parents that needed help as far as uh, money is concerned would be able to send their kids to charitable schools, schools that had scholarships, schools run by, you know, the Catholic nuns, people that were giving education away. Why wouldn't that happen? People want those sorts of services. People want to provide those services. 
There are volunteers all over America doing all kinds of uh, different volunteer jobs. Are you telling me that there wouldn't be volunteer teachers in America either? There are plenty of old, you know, retired teachers out there looking for something to do with their lives. They would probably be some of the first people to step up and teach at a volunteer school for, for poor kids. I don't, I don't think that that would even be likely that, um, that there would be volunteer um, teaching school. Th- that or? there would even that would be necessary. People consider school to be so important that uh, there would be, in all likelihood, scholarships and all that other stuff. Well, I mean, that's your speculation, and I can speculate in a different way if I want to, because in the marketplace, it's all about ideas. In the marketplace, it's all about ideas competing to, to, for the consumer's dollar, which we don't have in, in government school. No one's competing for anything there. They, don't, they could care less if your kids uh, come to their school or not. Of course, then again, if they don't come, they're probably going to send the cops to your house, which is, again, something else that differentiates private schools from government schools. If the private school, the worst thing that's going to happen if your kid doesn't show up is that, you know, he, he'll get an F on the test for the day and he'll, you know, he'll be in violation of the school's attendance policy. They're not going to send the cops after the parents in that particular case. There's so many things that are wrong with government schools, but yet everybody accepts them as necessary. We really have been absolutely brainwashed, and it's it's stories like this, this no-touching insanity, that effectively points out how nuts the government school system really is, but no one really sees the big picture. They'll look at this and they'll say, that's outrageous, we need to have it so kids touch in schools, but they won't go and, you know, they won't look at the root of the problem, and the root of the problem is government, and they're awful communistic schools. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. We shall return tomorrow night, and you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You want to save your kids? Get them out of government schools ASAP. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.